Hello, everybody, and welcome to this lesson on building a recording studio in a garage. Many people in our community want to build a soundproof recording studio in their garage, and rightfully so. It is a great place to build a studio, mainly because you have a built-in concrete slab, which is amazing for soundproofing your floor. But before I get too ahead of myself, I just wanna say that this video will go over a design as if I was gonna build my own recording studio in a garage. Right now I'm in a recording studio that I built in my backyard. So this was from the ground up. It was just a backyard with grass and I put a recording studio in there. So you can do that as well, watch some of my other videos, but this video specifically, this lesson is on building in a garage and how I would do it if I was gonna basically take my same studio design and put it in a garage. So if you're interested in going through the entire design process and what I'm thinking through, everything from what soundproofing techniques to use on all the walls, floors, ceilings, doors, and then also how I'm gonna heat and cool and ventilate my studio, then this lesson is for you. Before I jump in, I wanna say that I have a free soundproofing workshop for you. This is a 40 minute workshop that will go through the entire design phase of your studio. So you would leave with an actual handwritten design that is your first draft for how you would build your studio. And from there you can go on to getting a CAD file or a professional designer mock that up for you. So this workshop should be very helpful. You can visit it at soundproofyourstudio.com workshop. That's soundproofyourstudio.com com slash workshop. All right, let's jump into this lesson on how to build a recording studio in a garage. All right, welcome everybody to this design that I have made here. Um, this is a typical garage. So it's gonna be, I did some research and 20 feet by 20 feet is usually the size of a two car garage. Um, some can be a lot bigger, some can be uh, around this size, but this is the general average. So I figured I'd start there. Uh, you can see up in this corner is a, a typical door that would maybe come from the house um, leading into the back of the garage. Down here at the dotted line, you have the existing garage door and then I've put the studio over in the left corner here. So I'm gonna explain this whole design, break it down for you, and, and go over exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing. So the first thing I wanna talk about is why I chose these dimensions. So you'll first know that this studio is a one-room studio. It's typical to the studio I'm in right now. It's how I prefer to record, and it keeps things kind of easier than making multiple rooms. However, you obviously could use more of your garage and build out a larger studio if you wanted, but in this video, you'll take a lot of the same techniques that I have, um, and you can just diagram your studio as needed. So let's go over how I found the room dimensions first. So right here we have what is known as a Seppermeyer, Seppmeyer ratio calculator. You can check this out at odometer.org. O -R -G, and or just type Sepmeyer ratio calculator into Google. And I am assuming that, you know, in most garages, your eventual ceiling height will be around eight feet, kind of continuous with the size of your house for the ceiling height. Now, you know, if you change the ceiling height, your room ratios will change as well. So let me just show you, let's say if you had a 10 foot ceiling, um, you could get a slightly bigger design. The type A is gonna be the best sounding, type C will be the least best sounding, but I say least best because these are all great ratios to start with. They're all rectangular rooms, and they will give you the best sounding room you can get 
just from the get-go and then you can acoustically treat it and get it sounding even better. So for my example, I just stuck with eight foot ceilings um, and then I chose type C to give me the biggest room possible. This one is definitely a possibility, but it's gonna be a little smaller. So I just decided to do this one. So that explains how I got my room dimensions in the design. Now, the next thing I wanna talk about is why a garage is amazing for soundproofing the studio, and that's because you're starting with a concrete floor. And a concrete floor is a natural insulator, so it's definitely gonna do a good job of not transmitting sound from the earth into your studio. So you don't even have to float a floor, you don't have to do anything like that. You could keep it solid concrete if you wanted, or you could put down a laminate or a hardwood or an engineered hardwood floor, or you could just put down a big carpet all of that would be perfectly fine for your floor. So that's easy, you're good to go. The next step is creating our walls. So with the walls, I have here a double wall system. Notice that these walls are gonna be the outside walls of your um, garage. If your garage has really thin walls, you can beef up this outside wall by placing some extra 5 8 inch drywall, two layers of 5 8 inch drywall, into the actual bays of that and then make sure that it's acoustically cocked and sealed airtight around that extra drywall in the base. So all that is doing is beefing up this outside wall. If my garage had a weak wall that wasn't very heavy, the outside wasn't very heavy, um, I, I would probably do that just to try to get this outside wall to be about as beefed up as this outside wall within the studio. So notice that I built a room within the garage and I think this works great because you can have, you could maybe even park a car here still, you could have storage. I mean, your garage is for storage in most people's homes. So not using the entire garage for your studio, in my opinion, makes a lot of sense unless you need it. So then, with our double wall system, what we're doing here is we're gonna frame a new wall on this gray line here, and then we're gonna make sure that we have two layers of 5 8 inch drywall, and I would like to put green glue in the middle. I've here, there's a lot of back and forth on the internet about, oh, is green glue good? Is green glue a waste of money? Here's my opinion. I think green glue is great if you have the budget for it. If you don't, it's not the end of the world. It won't destroy your soundproofing if you don't use green glue, but since I used it in this current studio I'm in now, I would do it again with this studio I would be building in a garage. So then there would be a one inch air gap between the outside walls and then our inside walls of our studio. This is just so that sound will not transmit from one wall to the inside, the outside wall to the inside wall. We would frame our inside walls just like we framed this outside wall here. And you would also put two layers of 5 8 inch drywall with green glue in the middle on the inside wall as well. So this is gonna be a rock solid wall. You won't hear anything transmitting into your studio from this outside area. And I think you could even keep the existing garage door here because this will be strong enough to keep out sound that travels from the existing garage door into your studio potentially. All right, so the next thing we can talk about is the ceiling. Um, the ceiling is not on this diagram here, but I will show you in these videos here that we did a hat channel ceiling in my studio. My ceiling was vaulted. In this studio, I'm gonna keep it flat actually. Uh, the reason being that the room ratios work out really well if you keep the entire room a perfect rectangle, meaning that you don't angle any of the walls and you don't vault the ceiling at all. 
a lot of people might be cringing at this or like, oh my God, the walls are parallel. Uh, the reason we chose these room dimensions is because even with parallel walls, the room modes and nodes will not be so bad and we can treat them with acoustic treatment. So it's kind of a misnomer to think that all your walls need to be heavily angled in a studio. While it does help, you can always fix these problems with acoustic treatment as well. And it makes for a much easier and cheaper build since we're all doing this on a budget. So notice these uh, sort of very specific. You need to get down to the inch as best as you can, half an inch, quarter of an inch. The closer you are to these numbers, the better accuracy your room will have and the better it will sound. So with the hat channel ceiling, all we're basically doing is we're going to use IB1 acoustic clips, attach them to the roof rafters above the studio space here, and then we're going to attach 7 8 inch furring channel to the IB1 clips, and then we will attach the 5 8 inch drywall to the actual metal furring channel, and we're going to do two layers of drywall again, just like our walls, with green glue in the middle on the ceiling as well. Next, I would have a door system towards the back of the studio over here. The reason for that is I don't want it to get in the way of my acoustic treatment around the front of the room where I will be listening with my speakers. Having it back here also keeps it out of the corner where you're going to have bass panels. So this is a great spot for the doors. I would use two doors. They're going to be solid wood core doors because you need the weight of the solid core doors. And then I'm going to use a weather stripping and and a little bit, and I might actually even buy um, some gasketing that I saw from Acousta Solutions, which I'll put in the links in the show notes here and also in the description in the pod in the YouTube video. That'll just seal up that door. The main thing is you're going to have two doors swinging in opposite directions and you need them to be airtight. So you don't want any air coming through those doors. So you seal it up with weather stripping and you will be good to go. Next, we're going to need to heat and cool this studio. So you've noticed that I've got the mini split in the back here. This is what I did in my own studio. Putting it high in the middle on the back wall is a great way to evenly distribute all the heat and cold air that is coming uh, in to your studio. So putting the mini split here is a smart decision in this type of room. If you put it on the side walls, you would not get a total even distribution of heating and cooling. Um, and it also just keeps everything nice and symmetrical and even. So we'll notice that I have the hot and the cold lines running through my double walls and going out to the mini split compressor, which is over here. I highly recommend the Mr. Cool mini split, which I did for my studio because you can install it without having to hire an HVAC specialist, which will save you thousands of dollars. This mini split compressor is very quiet and you definitely won't hear it through these double walls. So that'll take care of heating and cooling your new studio. And it will also save you a lot of money since you don't have to tie it in with your regular HVAC system in your house. Next, because this is a completely airtight studio when you do it right, this means that you will need fresh air coming in and out of your studio. And contrary to popular belief, the mini split will not deliver any fresh air. It simply heats and cools the air that's already in your room. So you've noticed down in this bottom corner here, I'm just going to zoom in a little bit to show you this in more detail. So we have an ERV. You can also see in this video with the ERV that I put in my bathroom on the outside of my studio, it's almost like a bathroom slash utility closet. And this is a great place to put the ERV. Notice that we have 18.64 feet out of a 20 foot 
um, building. So we have just enough space to potentially put the ERV and our baffle boxes here. So what we can do is the ERV will go on the outside wall and these are the ERV lines. You're gonna have both a exhaust line and you're gonna have the intake vent as well. And it's gonna go through the ERV, which is going to heat or cool the air depending on the season. And then it's gonna send it into your room. And I have this design here on purpose so that the intake vent where it's pulling in air from the outside and sending it into your room, I would put that on top above my mini split so that the warm air in the summer gets cooled by the mini split and the cold air in the winter gets heated by the mini split before it is dumped into your room. The exhaust vent will actually be below the mini split so that'll come out at the bottom so that you don't get any cross talk between the intake and the outtake vent. Same thing here, you wanna keep at least a six foot distance between your exhaust vent and your intake vent so that there's no cross ventilation happening there. So this will give you a system of fresh air. These guys right here are baffle boxes and you can see in my studio that we have baffle boxes where the air is going to run through a series of mazes through the baffle box where it will reduce the amount of sound you hear coming into your studio and it will also ensure that no sound comes through the actual vents that you cut in your wall here to send air through into your studio. So that is a super important part of this whole process. Even though it is complicated, I highly, highly recommend that you do not forego the ERV. You need fresh air in this room here, which will be airtight. All right, so that in a very quick nutshell <laughs> explains how I would soundproof my studio in a garage. Now the next part is how you would acoustically treat this studio so it doesn't sound like a reverb chamber. So the first thing I would do is put bass traps, which are these all in the four corners. You would do them floor to ceiling. In my studio, you can see that I have base traps. I actually should have them go all the way up into the trihedral corner at the top, but I haven't done that, but that is important to properly treat all the base. Then I would create what's known as a reflection-free zone. So here is the listening spot. Here's the desk, and then your speakers, monitors, are facing here. And what you're gonna wanna do is at the point where the, the sound comes out of your speakers and hits the wall and bounces back to your ear, you wanna put acoustic panels so that those, those sound waves that would hit the wall and come back to your ear are absorbed by the acoustic panel on both sides of your left and right ears. This gray thing right here is what's known as an acoustic cloud. And I had this in my studio and I would put this in my garage studio as well. And this will reduce the uh, frequencies off bouncing off the ceiling and coming back down to your ears. And so this whole setup here with the bass traps and your side panels as well will create what's known as a reflection free zone. The floor, you could put a carpet down if you want and that will help a little bit, but there's not really much you can do with the floor in terms of acoustically treating that. I would put a couple more panels over in the back here just to reduce some of the side to side reflections that would happen. And then I would also put what are called uh, diffusion panels on my back wall, which I um, signified with some triangles here. And so I would just put as much diffusion as I could across the whole back wall. The diffusion means that the speaker sounds will hit the back wall and it will disperse evenly back out into the room, making it a more pleasant experience as well as reducing any sort of acoustic distortion that happens from sound hitting your back wall and then hitting your ears, um, which is a problem. So once you have that set up, you can have your desk set up and I like to put my listening spot at 
of the entire length of the room. So you'd measure your entire length of the room, which would be 18.64 feet, and then you would just multiply that by 0.38, and you would get the distance that you want your listening position to be from the front wall. From there, you can then set up your desk, and then you can set up your speakers. You wanna have your speakers so that it makes an equilateral triangle like this with 60 degrees angles coming from each point. So this takes some work to kind of get it just lined up correctly, but once you do, you'll have an optimal listening environment so you can mix and master songs at a professional level. The very last thing I would do before I start working in my brand new garage studio is I would use a room correction software. I prefer Sonarworks, which I have an affiliate link in the description below. I love Sonarworks. It is how I get such incredible mixes to translate easily to my car without much work. So Sonarworks will actually EQ your speakers to fix any problems you may have in your room even after you've treated it. Usually it's pretty minor and this is just the icing on the cake when it comes to making your mixing slash recording room perfect and professional and ready to go. All right, I hope you have enjoyed this lesson on building a recording studio in a garage. As you can see, there's a lot of components to go through. You can certainly build a studio in a garage and you can make it as complicated or as easy as you want. You could use more space in your garage. You could also create multiple rooms. The sky is the limit when it comes to making your own home studio. But I hope this video has helped you understand some of the things you need to think about in your design and hopefully given you some solutions for heating, cooling, and soundproofing all your different assemblies in your studio. Again, if you want to take a deeper dive, I highly recommend that soundproofing workshop. It is available at soundproofyourstudio.com workshop. Again, that is soundproofyourstudio.com workshop. All right. Thanks so much for watching on YouTube or listening on our podcast. I really appreciate it. And I will see you all next week with more soundproofing lessons. Thank you.